feel stuck? Tired of wrestling with shame, insecurity, and hiding your flaws? Friend, I've been there, and it's time to come out of hiding because God wants to meet you in the middle of your big hot mess. I'm Kimberly Stokes, and I'm on mission to help real women, just like you, get unstuck, meet Jesus in all the ordinary moments, and live in increased intimacy with God. Ephesians 3.20 says God can do far more than you could ever imagine. This is the Imagine More podcast, and it's time for today's show. Hello, my beautiful friend. I'm glad you joined me for this episode. I'm out of flower. Today, we're going to explore a key that enables us to actually live out the kingdom of God on a daily or really on a minute-by-minute basis in the real time of life. In the middle of the issues at work, conflict in marriage, whiny kids who are having meltdowns. And I want to encourage you that years ago, I never would have dreamed that I'd be able to live out God's kingdom in such tangible ways in my inner life, in my marriage, and in our family. Our relationship with Jesus is so much more than theology. He actually wants us to live out the reality of his kingdom. He wants to change our inner life so much that others will be able to taste and see the goodness of God in and through us on the good days, on the bad days, when my heart is happy, and when I'm depressed or even a hormonal mess. Abiding in Jesus is vital to living out the kingdom and walking in fullness. Honestly, it makes my heart so sad when I hear friends walking in shame and beating themselves up for just being human. Listen up. God didn't create us with the ability to live out his kingdom apart from him. It's impossible. Of course, at times we're going to be found completely lacking or loveless or have a sour attitude if we're not abiding in Jesus and connected to him. Girlfriend, we are not expected to magically have our crap together. Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7, it's a passage that captures the essence of what we're discussing today. It says, So then, just as you have received Christ as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith. And John 15, 4 says, and Jesus is the one who said this, Live in me, make your home in me, just as I do in you. You can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. So the Greek word in John 15 for abide or to live in me is meno. And that means to sojourn, to tarry, to not depart from, to continue to be present, to remain as one or to stay. And I think I've talked about this word before. I love this word. It's so packed with just practical goodness for our daily lives. My modern day paraphrase for John 15 for would be something like remain in my love. Terry, hang out in my presence. Don't leave my love in my presence. Let my presence become your home and your dwelling place. Another way to express what Jesus said using the Greek definition of abide, it's it's like continue to be present in my love. In other words, let my love be your reality. Stay present in my love as you live in the ups and downs of life. And as I think about staying in Jesus' love or staying connected to his presence, It reminds me of one of the few commands our dog actually understands. She understands the command to stay. So when we say, stay, Greta, she gets what that means. She's not supposed to move from that spot unless we say release. So Jesus is giving us a command to stay, to stay present, to remain in his presence, to stay connected to his heart relationally. And 
If we understood that beautiful command half as well as our dog understands the stay command, we'd be such a happier bunch of Christians. What Jesus is referring to is abiding. It's a lifestyle of staying connected to his heart. Friend, we can't live out the kingdom unless we choose to know and abide to stay connected to the heart of God. Why the heck would you beat yourself up? Just remember that spiritual fruit can only come from Him. We can't produce any spiritual fruit apart from Jesus. Jesus calls you today. Live in me. Make your home in me, just as I do in you. You can't bear fruit unless you are joined to me. Now, I want us to apply that verse to marriage. Imagine Jesus saying this to you. Live in me. Make your home in me, just as I do in you. You can't bear fruit as a wife unless you are joined with me. Now think about it this time in regards to motherhood. So here's Jesus. He says, live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. You can't bear fruit as a mom unless you're joined to me. The NIV states the verse. It says, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain or abide in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit as a woman, as a business owner, as a friend, as a mom or a wife, unless you remain or abide in me. Why in the world do we beat ourselves up for not having more grace with our husband or more patience with our kids? Do you realize God doesn't expect you to have anything apart from a dependence on him? So I have an example. Imagine that I want to make chocolate chip cookies, which I love, and let's say I've already creamed the butter and the sugar and the eggs and I go to the cabinet to get the flour. But I see I'm out of flour. Ugh, that's so frustrating. But I need flour and I need it right now because I've already creamed my butter, my sugar, and my eggs. But no matter how badly I want to, I can't magically make flour appear on my own, can I? Similarly, in our lives, we can't magically produce love, joy, Forgiveness, patience, grace, we can't produce any of those things on our own. But in the cookie example, I could immediately text my next door neighbor and I could say, Deborah, can I borrow some flour? I've got nothing over here and I'm trying to make cookies. And Deborah would immediately text back because stuff like this has happened. <laughs> and she'd say, sure, come on over. I have loads of flour. My flour is your flour. So I have access to flour as soon as I reach out to my good neighbor, voila, when I cry out to my neighbor for help, she immediately provided what I needed, which in this example was flour. I want to propose that any time we experience lack in our daily life, we can instantly lean into the Holy Spirit for whatever we need. And it's so much faster than texting my next door neighbor. If only I'll acknowledge my lack and open my heart up to receive his plenty. Friend, why do we shame ourselves for not being more kind, more loving, more patient? Honestly, I think shame and condemnation in these areas isn't from God, but it's from the enemy. If you struggle with shame, realize that's a tool of the devil in your life to discourage you. The Father, when you blow it, he convicts specifically in love, and he calls us deeper into his heart. He is and he has all the flower or whatever it is that we're lacking, if it's kindness, forgiveness, love, patience, whatever. 
He wants us to connect and live from his presence, his fullness, his love. And he wants to birth increased surrender, increased dependence, which leads to increased fullness and fruitfulness. I want to note here, honestly, I only reach out to my next door neighbor when I have a need or a lack. And you know what? She's never responded with, why do you only text me when you need something? Do you get what I'm saying here? Obviously, our relationship with God is to be much closer than my relationship with my neighbor. But even if you've been lax and haven't had your quiet time with Jesus or really connected with him for two days, two weeks, two months, two years, whatever, he welcomes you with open arms. We were talking about this in my Bible study group the other day, and one friend said that she realized as we were talking about this that shame often keeps her from leaning into God when she experiences lack in her daily life. And she said she experiences shame over not spending more time with God, so she feels unworthy to cry out for help. I mean, that's so real, right? But it's such a setup that the enemy loves. We're not designed by God to love well apart from him. We weren't designed to forgive easily apart from him or to have grace with others or kindness or compassion apart from him. I can't produce those character qualities on my own. Just like I can't produce flour on my own. And neither can you. Another friend in that same Bible study acknowledged that she thinks pride often keeps her from going to God. She said she often thinks, you know, I should be able to do this on my own. But any fruitfulness we experience, it's a result of God's goodness and his presence in us, to us, and through us. Remember John 15, 4, Jesus said, You can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain or abide in the vine. So neither can you bear fruit as a woman, as a business owner, as a mom or a wife, unless you remain and abide in Jesus. So back to the chocolate chip cookie example. If I'm making cookies and suddenly realize I'm out of flour, okay, these there are several responses I could go into. I could choose to shame myself, couldn't I? I'm so stupid. Why didn't I check to see if I had flour before I started making these cookies? I'm such an idiot. And sometimes that's how we feel, isn't it? I hate when I start cooking and make, especially if it's baking, and then I don't have whatever I need. It's so frustrating. So I could go into shame, or I could choose to get angry and blame myself for the problem, for the lack of flour. I could be like, nothing is ever easy for me. Every time I try to do something, I fail. So I could just kind of go into a blame mode and be angry and pouting about it. Or... I could choose to blame someone else, like my daughter, for the problem. How could I have known we were out of flour? This is Allie's fault. She's always baking, and now when I try to make something, we have no flour. She should have told me that she used up all the flour. I could get angry with her and blame her. Or I could just choose to be prideful and unwilling to call my neighbor, unwilling to admit my lack of preparedness, and, you know, I could drive to the store Or I could just give up the whole project and throw the beginning of my cookie dough away. Or another response, I could immediately reach out to my neighbor who's always happy to provide me with flour. Why? Because she's such a good neighbor. She always has flour on hand and it's so much faster than having to drive all the way to the store. But are you getting the spiritual application here? In daily life, 
when I'm out of love or forgiveness or kindness or patience, peace, whatever it may be, I can immediately lean into the Holy Spirit. He's the best neighbor ever, and he always has whatever we're lacking, and he has it in plentiful supply. Run out of patience? No problem. He's got tons of it. Run out of grace with your husband? No problem. He's got an excess of grace. Run out of kindness? No problem. He's such a good neighbor. He's ready to help you, ready to supply us with whatever we need. If only we'll surrender and ask. Honestly, friend, I've developed this lifestyle of dependence on God for so long that it's become my habit. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I still mess up royally. Sometimes I choose pride or selfishness or just ugly anger, and I don't do it perfectly. So that's not what I'm saying, but way often, way more often than not, I really do immediately lean lean into the Holy Spirit when I experience a lack. And I simply acknowledge my lack, confess it. It's like a super quick exchange. Open my heart to receive God's fullness. It's a spiritual exchange. It's a relational exchange. And the more we practice simply engaging God, the more it'll eventually become a habit. And that's a really, really good habit to develop. Continual surrender to Jesus in connection with the Holy Spirit. Friend, God has your back. Every time you experience a lack of flour, just call out to him. You can't magically produce flour on your own, nor are you expected to. And friends, you can't magically produce love, kindness, or patience. The fruit in our lives, it's the fruit of his spirit. He's the one who produces the fruit in us and through us. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the spirit is love, it's joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I truly believe that the reality of our encounters with God are fleshed out not on the mountaintop of encounters, but in the valleys of daily life. When our husband is being selfish, when our kids are needy and whiny, when work is crazy and demanding, when I have a conflict with a friend, in the midst of tense family moments or when I'm struggling with insecurity. It's fleshed out when I'm so angry I want to scream and I'm pulled towards my flesh or maybe when I'm really irritated with my husband. Even though Jesus was a man, I really believe he can relate to all the directions that we as women are pulled in. You know, Matthew 8 records Jesus on a mountain after a long day of teaching and large crowds following him, most of which were probably needy, seeking help, wanting healing, desperate for deliverance, or some of them just simply wanted to spend time with Jesus. But it sounds like a lot of demands on his schedule after a long day of ministry. He probably just wanted to lie down and get some quiet, peace and quiet and some sleep. But lots of people were pulling on him wanting a bit of his time, wanting a bit of his attention. And even though Jesus wasn't a woman, I think he can relate to everyone wanting a piece of us. But Christ didn't resent his role, and he didn't resent the needy people who were pulling on him. He simply partnered with his Father to fulfill the call on his life. I think Jesus really recognized that even though he was God, his life on the earth wasn't all about him. And he lived from this divine grace that was available moment by moment. 
And in Matthew 8, verse 23, you know, we find Jesus was sleeping and he was at peace during this violent storm that's going on. As we access God's divine grace moment by moment, we too can live in peace in the midst of the furious storms of life, which may for us look like problems on our job or marital struggles. It might be whiny, needy children. It might be health issues. It might be financial problems. But according to Matthew 9.36, Jesus' response to needy people was compassion. And this, my friend, is the essence of love. It's the essence of the divine exchange lifestyle. We can receive freely from God, who gives generously to all, and then we can freely give His fullness. When you run out of flour, or sugar, or baking soda, or butter, God always has what you need. He never expected you to produce fruit on your own. He invites us into this relational, beautiful relational intimacy, into complete dependence on Him for everything. The moment we need it, there's the invitation from Him. In closing today, I declare over you that God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Remember when you're out of flower or patience, joy, whatever it is, lean into him. He's there and he has all that you need when you need it. That's a wrap for today, friend. Remember that I'm for you and believe in you. And more importantly, God is for you. He believes in you and he's constantly with you. Until next time. Friend, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it on your social accounts because we want to reach and bless as many women as possible. You can find me on Instagram at Kimberly K. Stokes. And be sure to check out our blog and online resources at imaginemoreministries.org. We're developing new resources to help you thrive on your journey with Jesus.